Hello, this is Eric Braden. You're listening to TV Confidential. living in Central Florida, I got to know Michael Andrews, who was uh, his protege. Michael Andrews was playing Julius Kelp and Buddy Love in The Nutty Professor, the musical. And it was it was playing in, I believe, in Nashville. And Michael Andrews is a phenomenally gifted performer. He is along the lines of the Harry Connick Jr., Michael Bublé kind of crooner and he has a band called Swingerhead and there he has on his website he has a lot of fine albums he does live shows he does these big New Year shows and stuff in the Orlando Florida area he also plays in, in Los Angeles and New York but he was perfect to play the Nutty Professor because he could do the comedy side as well as become the buddy love crooner guy and so he, this was going to be a big breakout for him if he was able to get to Broadway, but it didn't happen. And he was a huge fan, nice guy, nice family and all that stuff. That didn't happen. And I think he probably met him, met Jerry Lewis in Orlando because at the time in the late 80s and early 90s, Orlando was going to become, was, it was another attempt, just like in the 60s, for Florida to become Hollywood East. And Disney had built the Disney MGM Studios and Universal had built their studios. And at the time, and this is no longer the case, but at the time, they were true working studios. And they were making movies and television shows on a regular basis there. They made Flipper and The Munsters Today and The Mickey Mouse Club with Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilera. And um, what became Saved by the Bell was filmed there, Adventures in Wonderland. Uh, Jim Henson's shows were made there. And uh, Blair Witch Project was actually made out of the Disney MGM Studios. They were doing fairly well, but for one reason or another, I think it had to do with Florida tax situations had changed. And I, I have some theories about just being out of the mix of the Hollywood and New York networking that's my theory. When you're out of that mix, you, you as a performer or as a uh, backstage person, that kind of puts you at a disadvantage. But that's my theory. But anyway, Jerry Lewis was directing a series called The Swamp Thing at Universal. And I had a friend, still have a friend. She was a unit manager on a couple of series for Nickelodeon. The uh, And one of them was Keenan and Kel, mm -hmm. which was a terrific show. It was a With a our friend Dan Frischman. That's right. That's right. He played he played Chris Potter, and he was terrific on that show. I loved that show. I I actually wrote some uh, some spec scripts for it, but the show I think I don't know if it I think it moved to L.A. and that's why they that the, the scripts didn't make it. But uh, my friend was working on it at the time, and she she called me one day and she said Jerry Lewis is right down the hall from me, and if you can get over here. Um, and you want him to sign anything, you could probably do it, because I've got a friend who works in his office. He's he's working on Swamp Thing. So I, I left my office. I ran home, and I got my Cinderfella album. And I went over there, and I and I got to go meet him. So so I walk in with my Cinderfella album, he's, he, and he was very, very pleasant. And I said, I'd love for, you know, nice to meet you. I'd love for you to sign this. And he didn't have a copy of it which always shocks me. <laughs> and he said, this record album 
was harder to make than the movie was because he he completely conceived this album as this whole package of like interactive stuff before interactive was a word that was overused. It not only had a multicolor vinyl plastic, you know, it was like rainbow color, but the album had a gatefold. It had a board game inside with playing pieces. It had a tiara made of elastic and cardboard. It had a baton so you could lead the orchestra. It had a fold-out music stand and a whole bunch of other things. So there was a whole bunch of activities you could do with the record. And all of that was his idea. And so he's like going through each piece and explaining it. And his manager or agent was in the room. And he pulls out the vinyl record. And, and his agent says, oh, that, that was a cool idea. And he says, what do you mean? This was my idea. I thought it was all this. this was all me. So he says, can I ask you a favor? And I said, of course. He said, my wife, I, and I'm thinking it was Sandy at the time, has never seen this, and I would love to show this to her. And, and he says, can I borrow this for like three hours? And I said, of course. Now, now note that I did not say, Mr. Lewis, you can have it. Yes. Because it's my record. Yeah. You know, it's Jerry Lewis and all, but it's my record. Yes. So it's, I'm not that starstruck. Yes. It's a very valuable record. If it's Jerry Lewis, he could go find one. Yes, you know. exactly. Did he give it back to you? Not only did he give it, give it back, he signed it, and he, he put a note inside to my friend, you know, make sure this gets there. It was She had it and everything. Thank you very much. Give this to. And, yeah, he did. He just wanted his wife to see it, and that was my brush with greatness. So that that's that wonderful story. But he was pleasant and wanted to see it. Well, my brush with greatness is our friend Greg Erbo. We're devoting our DVD and streaming report this week uh, to the life and career and legacy and many contributions that Jerry Lewis made to film and television, both in front of and behind the camera. You mentioned the word auteur, which is a film school word that basically means that as a filmmaker, there is a definite point of view and definite imprint that Jerry Lewis made whenever you saw a Jerry Lewis movie. We touched on that a, a little earlier. There are a couple of things we, we should talk about, um, one of which is uh, Jerry Lewis, the innovator. He created what is known as the video assist. For those who are not familiar with that term, uh, Greg, what is the video assist? Well, it's commonly used today, and it was introduced on the set of The Bellboy which was a black-and-white, virtually silent film. If you've seen, like, Mel Brooks' silent movie, it's that kind of thing. It's a modern film, modern times, actually, uh, with Charlie Chaplin, too. It's a modern film that is shot, oh, or, or the artist, without sound. Mm -hmm. And it's a set-up device where you have a monitor and, in those days, videotape, which was relatively new in the early 60s. It had only been around for, the, for a few years. And that way, what you can do is after you filmed, you could watch the monitor, see how the take was, and that you don't have to send the film for processing overnight or during the day and watch the dailies either that evening or the next morning and then go, oh, my gosh, we've got to shoot this again or you know, I like this, I don't like that or whatever. It's still a guessing game. So if you have the video assist, you've got the video camera right there and you have the ability to instantly see what you have to correct and it's a tremendous boon and now with digital 
I mean, everything's digital now, so you can just watch. It's like when you take when someone says, "Would you take my picture with their um, phone?" and then you hand it to them and say, "Is that okay?" and they look at it right away. That's essentially what Jerry Lewis created. You can see your picture right away and know you got it. You don't have to send it to Walgreens and wait three days or wait an hour even and see that you you got the picture all right and there's no red eye and there's no people are, are your mouth is open or your eyes are closed. It's exactly the same thing in principle. And it's the sort of thing that's taken for granted nowadays because everything's so instant. But the ability to do that was not common. And he saw the need for it and he invented it. It is a remarkable thing. And that was that was one of the things he did. One of the other things he did that uh, wasn't done very much in motion pictures. It was done on TV, like on the Burns and Allen show, where you had George Burns talking to the camera and showing you the set and reminding you that it wasn't real. Uh, he turned to the camera uh, at the end of, oh gosh, what was the one with Ina Balin? Um, I can't remember the film. But at the end of the film, he actually drops, you know, just drops character, introduces his co-star, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is Miss Ina Balin and I didn't really fall over the terrace. This is just a set. He opens up a door on the set and he says, you see, you know, he, he, he totally explains. And see, that's another thing that's significant to children. It's something that Mr. Rogers did when he had Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno on or Margaret Hamilton and explained to children that these are fictional. It's yeah. such a it's such a gift to kids to just show them. It opens a huge door for kids to show them that this this is just make believe. This show you movie studios. You didn't have behind the scenes stuff except with Walt Disney. You really didn't have behind the scenes, you know, DVD extras in those days. So it was a lot of fun to find out what was going on. It was like the end of Blazing Saddles. All of a sudden, you find out this is a movie, and they all go to the commissary and have lunch, <laughs> and you know, and bust in on other things. Singing in the Rain did that. But it still was fairly rare that the lead character would suddenly break, uh, break, break character. Yeah. The Muppets would do it all the time. And that's probably why one of the reasons why he was so revered in France, because of the French New Wave and their way of making films. And if you watch The Artist, which won Best Picture a few years ago, you can kind of see that here's a French film without any dialogue, that's shot in Hollywood, that's a, that's a loving tribute to Hollywood, that's filmed very much like a comedy and could have very well have been 20, 30 years ago a Jerry Lewis film. You can now purchase T-shirts, mugs, caps, hoodies, wall clocks, and other gifts with the TV Confidential logo from the official TV Confidential merchandise shop. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com forward slash merchandise or cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential, cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. 
This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.